The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Blanket coverage, of course, on UK broadcasters of the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. And it raises the question as to the future of the monarchy, because when you look at the stats around popularity, the Queen, hugely popular. The next in line, not so much. In fact, I think the popularity stakes take a big step down after Queen Elizabeth and the next uh, most popular is uh, Kate Middleton, as opposed to any member of the direct lineage. Uh, Although there is a a significant desire to see William become the next king rather than Charles. But it does raise the question about when the 96-year-old monarch um, is no longer on the throne, what of the monarchy? Well, to discuss that, we're joined by uh, American-British um, a playwright and author Bonnie Greer and uh, Professor Jenny Hocking who is Emeritus Professor at the Faculty of Arts Monash University in Australia. Jenny, uh, would I be right in saying that your hope would be that the monarchy would ultimately go the way of the dodo? Uh, well, that's a rather brutal way of saying it, Anton, but effectively, yes. <laughs> it's a very interesting time here in Australia for a republic, actually. We've just uh, had an election of a new Labor government, the first in a decade, and for the first time in our history, we have a minister, an assistant minister for the Republic, and this means that the government, uh, the Albanese Labor government, has committed to beginning a process of holding a referendum for a Republic. Uh, They've specified its second term, which of course won't be for another three or four years, but what that means is that it's very much on the agenda in Australia that we are looking for uh, a future at the time when the Queen has passed on and, and, and the succession has gone to King Charles, which, of course, will have no say in the fact of King Charles as the head of state of Australia. And I think many people are, are feeling that really in a modern liberal democracy that's just not an appropriate um, element for our, for our system. Well, Jenny, the, there are some countries where there, is, there are uh, deep-seated ongoing issues that uh, with the, the uh, British monarchy. The Irish experience would have, have in, incentivized us to not particularly want, uh, in fact, we militarily expressed our desire not to have the uh, king as then was as head of state. But in a country like Australia, where there is a, a relatively positive and benign relationship with the UK, does it really matter? I mean, it's it's a largely symbolic role anyway. The may the way Australian politics work, you have to get somebody to do it. The Brits foot m- most of the bill, so why not? Well, you say it's largely symbolic, and I would give emphasis to the word largely. I've spent a great deal of the last decade um, working on um, a former Prime Minister, Gough Whitlam. I wrote a a two-volume biography of him, and as part of that I explored probably the most contentious episode in our political history, which was the dismissal of that government by the Governor-General, the Queen's representative, Sir John Kerr, in 1975. Uh, I spent the last four years taking a legal action to ensure that the Queen's letters, her correspondence with our Governor-General at that time became public. They were under the embargo of the Queen. And when those letters were released, I succeeded at the High Court. Um, Those letters have shown quite uh, astonishingly that the Queen was well aware uh, for several weeks prior to the dismissal that that our Governor-General was considering this step, that he was keeping that secret from the Prime Minister and, uh, in fact, that the Queen advised Kerr on the use of the reserve powers of the Crown, which, of course, had never been used for the previous 100, 200 years. So uh, uh, there is an element of very real active role, I think, that we often imagine is not the case. 
And um, those letters have very much changed the way the Australian public view an otherwise benign reign of this Queen. It's, it really steps out of something that simply could, should not have taken place. The view, of course, is the, the implications are different in the UK itself by virtue of the, the um, direct history of the monarchy within that country and the more direct role of, uh, of head of state of the people uh, that happen to share the island with her. In that context, Bonnie Greer, you're, you having arrived in from America, you have something of an objective view, even though you've been there several decades at this point. Does, does the monarchy serve a purpose and does it have a value in the UK that is worth preserving? Well, um, I don't think so. I mean, I it, it's interesting to me to sort of watch the whole thing. I, uh, you know, I was born in a country that got rid of the monarch, the British monarchy. So I don't actually have any sort of feeling or connection to them. I, I'm just watching people uh, saying how much they want to get rid of the monarchy, but not acknowledging the fact that this family is deeply embedded in the British consciousness. It's deep. And and the denial of that, I mean, it's ferocious, is, is something that's fascinating to me. I, I, I say to people, you, you've always had a, a monarchy for almost a thousand years and for a brief period of time. This thing called the English Republic, uh, it wasn't a thing, it was real. Uh, that existed for a few years. And then the, the the government of the day invited the, the, the king back and, in fact, buried Oliver Cromwell, who's a bad guy in Ireland for sure. You can sing it. <clears throat> but, but, but buried Oliver Cromwell with a crown on his head. So I, I, you know, I think you can't change something unless you admit, you know, what, how strong the thing is in you. But I, is there, can, can I, I, without wishing to be overly cynical, is there a simple mercenary advantage to the country? If you look at, I mean, Ireland it takes great pride in, in, in our diaspora and in an influence mm, in definitely. other countries and a recognition <laughs> in other countries that we probably don't deserve given our scale. To some extent, does the monarchy do that for the UK? The monarchy... Keep- you know, people people don't want to face that. And, 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 you know, I say to people, you know, people don't come to the UK for the weather and the food. I mean, they come, you know, they come for the palaces, the museums, they come for the culture. And part of the culture is the royal family. I mean, they don't know anything about them. They, they, they don't actually know anything about them, but they like the idea. I mean, in America, um, this whole Jubilee thing has had blanket to you know, wall to wall coverage. It's not because they want a king and queen; it's because they don't have one. So they think it's like really, really interesting, and so they come to to look around and see things. And they don't come to find the royal family, but they come to see the palaces and and museums and the jewels. And that that's why they come. And people, you know, there are a lot of people. At least the people who are arguing with me online don't want to deal with that and you know people are saying things to me like they come to alton towers americans don't come to the united (laughs) kingdom to go to a zoo you know so it's 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 something that people need to face and then maybe they can then abolish the monarchy but they don't even want to face the fact that it's a big deal. In in defence of your current nation, um, uh, Bonnie, I do have to say the food has improved greatly over the, <laughs> the last number of years. Jenny Hogging, if I can go back to you in relation to the, the um, monarchy, that whatever about its role in Australia, 
putting yourself in the shoes of, of the UK, does does it serve a valuable purpose? In other words, if the, the Queen were no longer the head of state in Australia, would you say she should continue to be so or her successor should continue to be so in the UK? Well, I actually think that should be a question for the British people to answer. I mean, this is the absolute anomaly, and I suppose for many of us an anachronism that we have a, 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 um, an entire structure that is that is a dynastic structure in this uh, day and age of liberal democratic sentiment. Um, and that's what's so jarring in this is that it's really interesting to hear Bonnie say that uh, there's such intense interest in America, um, in, in, in the Platinum Jubilee. In Australia, where, of course, the Queen is our head of state, yes, there's interest and it is covered every day, but I wouldn't say it has that huge degree of fascination and interest. Um, and that could be because we now have a, a government that has at the same time, you know, almost literally to the day, announced that we are moving towards a referendum on a republic. But I think it's also because we recognise that there's a natural stage in our maturity as a nation where we say we move on from our colonial, you know, penal colony settlement and become a nation where every aspect of governance is now in the hands of Australians. Is there anything, Bonnie, do you think that the monarchy can do to hold itself permanently below the waterline? Because we have Prince Harry um, harping from the... um, boondocks about the way that he was treated and the way that his wife was treated. We have Prince Andrew just bringing um, shame and vitriol on uh, what I think they call the firm. Does there come a point where people go, oh, just a plague in all your houses, we want no more to do with you? You know, I, you know, born and raised in America, I, I have to sit back and look at this family. I mean, they're the biggest and maybe the best PR people on earth. I mean, they... They pulled off the one of the biggest PR coups of the 20th century by changing their name from a German name to the name of their castle. I mean, it, it, it's they always move and, and shift themselves. I mean, yesterday the Queen had Harry and Meghan have their own little procession all by themselves down the aisle. So that chilled out all the people who are angry about the way Harry and Meghan have been. It's, it's, it's incredible. They put in Boris Johnson's hands to read a statement from the Bible about being an honest, straight person. You know, it's 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 always it's it's a very clever operation. And I think that in this country there are people who are very wedded to that clever operation, but but no government has asked for a referendum on the monarchy. I don't ever see that happening uh, because I don't think if you ask the majority of the British people, uh, it's, this is a conservative country with a small C and they don't like the boat being rocked. Indeed. So and I think, if, if you if you ask them, they're going to say, why? why? Indeed, on any time that they are asked, that tends to be what the polls reveal. Bonnie, thank you as always. Bonnie Greer, playwright, author and columnist for The European. And uh, thank you as well to Jenny Hawking. That is, of course, Professor Jenny Hawking, Emeritus Professor at the Faculty of Arts, Monash University in Australia. And a text making a very good point. Anton, I think this is in relation to me saying that the UK uh, had a relatively benign relationship with Australia. I think the native Australians, the Aborigines, would disagree that the UK has been a largely benign influence in their country. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.